This is the Podcasters Club, brought to you by Precision Podcasting. I am your host, Kane Power. Today we're expanding on something that I've mentioned in a couple of previous episodes, and I can't decide if it's the most important, but it is definitely one of the most important aspects of achieving listenable audio for your podcast, the environment in which you record it. Since sound recording technology was invented in 1857, sound recordists, such as ourselves, have strived to increase the quality, the fidelity of the recording. The ultimate goal being to reproduce the sound as accurately as possible in order to create the truest experience of that sound for the listener. It quickly became apparent that the environment a sound was recorded in played a huge part in how that sound was represented. So dedicated recording studios became the default environment for recording sound. High-end and purpose-built recording studios are designed by acoustic engineers to capture beautiful representations of sound in many types of environments, from total isolation in what we'd call a dead room, to the character of a space designed to add texture and depth. But that ultimate goal changed as sound recording and the places in which we recorded sound evolved. Sometimes, sound engineers would experiment with recording in gigantic warehouses, swimming pools, bathrooms, basements, churches, the outdoors, just to see how a certain instrument would sound in that space, and if it added a desirable element to that sound, and or created a visual environment for the listener's imagination. When computer recording became ubiquitous across the world, so did our ability to record in almost any environment available to us. Spoiler, most of us chose our bedrooms, hence the term bedroom producer. And from that point onwards, it became much easier for anyone to record audio. As a result, home recordings and bedroom producers became more and more common until the point we've reached today where most people record in home studios similar to the one I'm recording in right now. Some people would argue that this new wave of non-studio recordings offers levels of intimacy and truth that had been lacking in the overproduced music of previous decades. Although I think everyone is in agreement that the experience for the listener with these types of recordings is reduced when compared to professional studio productions. No surprises there. But, what does the advancement of sound recording technology and recording studios have to do with podcasting? Podcasting often gets compared to radio, and they are very similar. But the main difference, aside from the programming, is that radio shows are recorded in controlled environments, otherwise known as studios, whereas podcasts are recorded in, well, anywhere. Because podcasting equipment is so widely available and podcasters can get a recording set up for a few hundred dollars, they now value high-quality audio differently, if at all, and fidelity is most often being overlooked in favour of ease of use and simplicity, which is just a nice way of saying laziness. Because it's easier than ever to make a recording and get it on Spotify, And because of the immediate media culture surrounding us online, most podcasters aren't putting effort into their recording environment, which isn't just detrimental to themselves, as their listeners are unlikely to appreciate low-quality audio and therefore avoid listening to their show, 
but also reflect poorly on the podcasting medium as a whole. The more new podcast listeners, who are often used to radio shows with high production value that are put off by crappy audio, the less likely they are to try podcasts again and become your listeners. As sound recordists, these low-effort podcasters have lost the objective of high fidelity. In fact, they didn't even know that was the objective. Most podcasters aren't audio engineers after all. So now that creating a recording has become commonplace, so has low-quality audio. And for a medium that is entirely audio-based, it is just unacceptable. Especially considering how easy it is to do better. Which is why you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully. So when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter if you have untrained ears, the result is same for the listener. Bad quality audio is fatiguing to listen to. It doesn't compare favorably to high-budget, professionally produced podcasts, and it represents the creator poorly, like someone who doesn't care or know about audio. And if they don't know about such an integral part of podcasting, then how much do they know about the thing that they're talking about? (laughs) So what I'm saying is that the place in which you record your podcast has a huge impact on how that podcast sounds. And I'm going to demonstrate this by giving you some example recordings in different environments. For each recording, I'm going to use the same microphone set at the same gain. I'm going to use dynamic processing, like compression and limiting, to make sure you can hear each space equally, but no noise reduction or EQ of any sort. The microphone for this test will be my trusty Blue Snowball USB mic. That's right. I've chosen this mic because I don't need to plug it into an interface. I can take it anywhere with my laptop. I don't need any other gear. So it's really portable, which makes it easy. I've set up a pop filter about 5 centimeters from the mic capsule to maintain an equal distance for each recording. I'm going to switch to that mic now. Okay, we're rolling with the snowball. Let's go to the first location, my studio. Right now I'm coming to you from my home studio, where I record all the episodes of the Podcasters Club and almost every other podcast I've been involved in. It's a semi-basement type room in that Two of the four walls are reinforced by retaining walls, and a few meters of solid earth. There is very little in the way of sound absorption or treatment in my studio. I have a wall of uneven surfaces behind my computer monitor and between my studio monitors, lots of books, carpets, and mats, and that's about it. There's also a drum kit and a piano, my desk, which is where I'm sitting at right now, and my wife's desk on the other side of the room. So it's not absolutely ideal, but... I don't need it to be, because of three things. One, it's quiet here. Most of the time, there's no outside interference or background noise at all. Two, it lacks highly reflective surfaces like tiles, wood floors, high ceilings, etc. So there's very little echo unless I'm being very loud. Three, I've chosen the microphone that I use in this environment well. The Shure SM7B I have at my desk for podcasting, meetings, and just daily use is very good at picking up what's directly in front of it and not much else. It's a high-quality, dynamic, broadcast microphone. Unlike what I'm speaking through right now. The sound I get at my desk is good enough for podcasts. It could be better, but the quality is high enough that no one will really notice. 
Achieving this quality of sound isn't difficult. My room is fairly standard, my microphone is extremely common if a little bit expensive, but a few small considerations allow me to create high quality audio from my daily workstation at my house. This is how the snowball sounds in that space. However, there is one place in my home studio that can produce better audio. I'm now sitting inside my purpose-built vocal booth. It's simply a box made up of panels that are made from Rockwell acoustic insulation. The booth is big enough for me to sit in one corner and speak into my mic reading from a screen mounted in the opposite corner. The interior of my booth has sound absorption panels on the corner I'm facing and a door that closes. It's homemade and I'm not much of a carpenter, so it's definitely not perfect. But all in, it cost me around 250 New Zealand dollars and took a few hours to build. The sound inside my booth is what we would call dead. There are minimal reflections and it's very isolated from the outside world, which is why we call them isolation booths. You can make a great DIY isolation booth using a closet full of clothes. Just open up the door and position your mic facing outwards as close to the clothes as you can get it. Hang a thick blanket over the door, get inside, and you've got yourself a vocal booth. True story, I once recorded a voiceover for a short film from a closet in a house that I was in. I got paid really well, and that film went on to win a Best of State award. I also recorded for a TV ad from a mattress and blanket fort I built in the spare room at my wife's parents' house. The point I'm trying to make is that with a little effort, you can achieve really good audio with some really standard household soundproofing. Okay, on to the next environment. Here I am outside my house on a cold winter's afternoon. Now, I live in a very small town, which has a population of less than 3,000 people this time of year, so I'm not too worried about traffic noise or sirens or anything like that. At the moment, I can hear some wind, there's a dog barking, a couple of motorbikes in the distance, but it is the school holidays and people are out, but not much is going on. There's not a whole lot of noise. I'm not sure why you'd record outside and need to hear this, but I have worked on a podcast where each episode was recorded from a park bench in central London, which is a cool idea, but not ideal when it comes to sound. Unless you like birds and people and traffic in your podcast. So the wind is blowing heavier now, you might be able to hear that in the microphone, we're going to see you later on. Anyway, interesting. Next. I'm here inside my car, which is a 2010 Subaru Outback station wagon. A car is actually a pretty good option for recording in a pinch. I've known voiceover artists who have had issues with construction next door to their houses, so they've set up their car and driven somewhere quiet to record. It's actually surprisingly soundproof, but it does have a lot of reflective surfaces. I should say also, please never record while you're driving. It might seem uh, obvious, but aside from the road noise that it's going to add, it's super dangerous. Now I'm sitting at one of the most common recording environments for amateur podcasters, a dining room table. I do understand why there are so many dining room or kitchen table recordings out there. When you invite a friend over to record an episode of your podcast, you're not exactly going to ask them to squeeze into your closet blanket booth. Much easier to record at the kitchen bench or dining room table. The issue here is, kitchens and dining rooms are often covered in reflective surfaces. 
everything we say is bouncing all around the room and then back into the microphone, which we hear as echo. Lino or hardwood floors like these, tiled walls, bench tops, they are all terrible acoustic choices for recording close-miked audio like podcasts. I've come to a bathroom to demonstrate a smaller kind of reflective room. Bathrooms have almost no soft furnishings, and therefore no absorbent materials. The echo might be shorter than the kitchen, but it kind of sounds just as bad. Bathrooms are not an ideal place to record, nor are they very common, but now you know what it sounds like. Speaking of echo, I'm here at my friend's workshop. The floor is polished concrete, the walls are wood, and the ceiling is open. These floors, walls, and high ceilings make this a place that carries the sound and reflects it around the room, bouncing off every single surface and coming back into the microphone, just similar to the kitchen and dining room, but a lot bigger. Terrible for recording podcast audio. Believe it or not, I've had podcasts sent to me that have been recorded in rooms like this. One former client actually sent me a podcast episode they recorded on a basketball court. At least there wasn't a game on at the time. Okay, here we are back in my studio with my normal setup. <sighs> so I'm pretty sure you get the point by now, and don't need me repeating myself more than I already have. So here's what I want you to do. From this point on, when you're setting up a podcast recording, think about where you're recording it. If you're traveling to interview a guest, Ask where you're going to be able to record and be strict about whether it will work for you and your listeners. When you're recording remotely online and you see your guest sitting in the local town hall despite the handy recording guide you sent them a week ago, ask them to kindly move to somewhere more suitable for recording audio. It's what you're doing after all. Then, when you're set up and ready to hit record, take 30 seconds to stop and listen to what's going on inside your environment. Perhaps you need to turn off your air conditioning, or put your dog outside. Maybe you need to ask your neighbour when they plan to stop mowing their lawns. You definitely need to put your phone on silent and turn your TV off. Just spending those 30 seconds and putting in that little bit of effort could mean the difference between an engaged and a distracted audience. Till next time. This podcast was created by Precision Podcasting. We make podcasts sound better. For more about what we do, resources on podcasting, and if you'd like to get in touch, visit precisionpodcasting.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com precision podcasting. Yes, that's spelled the way it sounds. If you'd like to hear more episodes, make sure to hit subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.